Well, I kind of said too. I said if we're going to do it, I'm going to drive it because I've never driven it yet. I said, you no, haven't done it yet. I'm not going to cross it yet. We would have so. kind of had a tussle because I kind of wanted to drive. So, oh, but oh. I didn't know that I wanted to drive across that. Well, I think I might have won because right at the very beginning, the first day, you said, "Mike, you're the boss." <laughs> I don't know if I would have held up. I don't know if I would have held up until that day, but uh, I would have tried to play that card. Buckle up. You're listening to Terminal Exchange. I'm Philip Adams, and this is episode 31 of Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Newsbomb Transportation. I want to start off by thanking all of you who expressed concern about missing the podcast last week. We're we're sorry we didn't have an episode to share with you then, but we're back and hopefully as good as ever with more great exchanges coming your way. And this week's feature exchange is no exception. Our last episode featured Newsbomb CFO Bill Wettstein, and if you remember, he was going to be heading out over the road as a driver trainee with Mike Klein, who is a driver trainer here at Newsbomb. Well, as soon as they pulled back into the yard Friday afternoon, we pulled the two of them into the studio to hear their story and to find out more about their experience during that week. Unfortunately, Mike got assigned another load that didn't leave us much time to talk together, so You'll hear some of that urgency uh, to get moving with our interview, but uh, I really liked that raw and the real element that uh, really is indicative of the trucker's life. I also want to personally express my sincerest appreciation for our drivers and the work that they do. Now, I've done local driving in a box truck, but never anything over the road or in a Class A vehicle, and honestly, I feel a little silly saying that because the two hardly compare, but... I feel like I can empathize a little bit with some of the pain points our drivers experience, and I I don't think I could do what you dri- what you drivers do. So thank you for all your hard work, dedication, and professionalism on the road. And now, let's get to the part you actually came for. Here's Bill and Mike's excellent adventure. We're starting now. All right, we're shotgunning this. Let's go. Bill, you just came in out of the truck, straight in, uh, giving you very little downtime here uh, to think about anything before I caught you here. So uh, what are your first impressions of driving over the road? Yeah, well, first, I have a ton of respect for those that do this every day. So kudos to all you drivers. Um, Second is, um, probably what surprised me was just how misunderstood the... uh, the truck driver is out there just dealing with the public and uh, I want to get over I'm signaling and they think they're getting me enough and give me enough room. And I don't think they are. And uh, yeah. all those kind of things. So, yep. And just uh, I'm big and slow and yep. <laughs> so that was, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm worn out, need a few weeks to adjust to their lifestyle. On yeah. A whole different, uh, um, so many different things that, my brain need to think about that it's not used to thinking about, right? Yeah, yeah. So now you were uh, training with Mike Klein, and um, he's out parking the truck right now, and he's coming. He'll be in here in a minute, yeah. joining us. But uh, talk about being with Mike uh, on the road. How was how oh, that? Him yeah. having him as your trainer? 
Yeah, Mike did great. Uh, super patient, very knowledgeable. Um, he really uh, has picked up a lot from a lot of different people, and he quotes from uh, many different ones who he learned from. So he's been a. He was. It was amazing to me how he, he was. Well, he didn't just have one mentor. He has a ton of them. Yeah. Yeah. Super patient. Um, but he was persistent. He wasn't going to let me get by with things that were unsafe or uh, inappropriate out there. Yeah. So uh, at times that would uh, that would grate on me. I'm trying, but it's not happening. And, uh, <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell me. Uh, you, so you started out Monday morning early, right? right this right. week, and it is now Friday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, about three thirty in the afternoon, and you're you're back in here. Yeah. Um, a good full solid week there. Uh, where'd you start out at? Okay, so I think we met here at the yard at uh, a little after four thirty Monday morning, and then we went over to uh, York, PA. From there, um, picked up in Collegeville, PA, and went up to uh, Massachusetts with a, uh, a broker load. After that, we did three stops out there in Massachusetts, New York, and Connecticut. Um, heading back to uh, to Indy, and then from Indy went to Lebanon, and here we are. So, so you've got rough. the easy stuff. Yeah, that was uh, that was actually fun. Actually, uh, um, I am nowhere near a driver. I want to make sure that's clear. And I also want to thank Brent Newsbaum for allowing me and uh, and supporting me and doing this. But I think one thing that I um, didn't realize that was going to be uh, so much for me to remember is just like the uh, at the uh, shippers and the consignees. The uh, drop and hook was, uh, I'm not real real smooth on that yet. Mm. Just the different steps, drop and hook and sliding the tandem. Simple stuff for the experienced guys. But uh, for me, with the, the week I had, I felt like the on-the-road stuff, I, I kind of am more comfortable with that than I yeah. am with uh, drop and hook. Backing, I can do it. I need to get out and look and to pull forward a lot more than anybody else that drives for us does. But um, anyways... That's where we're at. <laughs> now, did you hit anything? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> good enough. Good yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah, so, that, so yeah, that was uh, that was good, and it was um, just the lifestyle. And uh, I I told Mike I used to read a lot of Louis Moore books growing up, and in those books, the uh, Indians would always eat whenever they could because they didn't know what they eat again. Mm -hmm. And I found out in this job, I go to the restroom whenever I can because I don't know when I'll get to go again. <laughs> so I kudos to all them for them, just the things in life that they deal with. Same thing with showers. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And I mean, you, you left your wife and other children back at home yeah. as well in this process. So how, how was it for you just also staying connected with them being okay. away like that? Yeah, so I found out real quick, especially the first couple of days, that um, I couldn't be on a hands-free phone call or nothing. I needed 100% attention. Yeah. Um, here on the way back, I mean, I took a phone call or two hands-free, a few of them, but uh, even then I could tell a big difference. So for me with inexperience, um, mm -hmm. I didn't stay connected very well. We were getting up at um, a lot of times between 4 and 5 Eastern time, so 3 and 4 my time. So by the time I was on the road driving, they were still asleep and then right. I'm ready to go to bed at, you know, eight o'clock central. And they're just, yeah. So I didn't stay very connected at all with the family. Maybe a call or, call or two with my wife per day. Yeah. But, In your conversations with, with Heidi and everything, what, what was her kind of thoughts about what you were doing? And did, did her, she's, she's used to you traveling. I mean, you, right. you, you travel yep. for your job, but this was a different type of traveling for you. 
did she express any different kind of concern or anything for you this week than than a typical trip for you? Um, I think she was a little more concerned because she knew I was concerned. I think I was concerned just about uh, having an accident um, because of my abilities and also because uh, I got enough ribbing from just transposing a trailer number. I think the first trailer <laughs> number I typed in the geotab, I transposed. You got that one so, wrong right, yeah, right out of the gate. Yeah, so uh, I knew what would happen if anything else went wrong with the crew here. So Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she was a little more uh, a little more nervous about that. Um than a typical, than a typical yeah. one, but um, so Pennsylvania uh, using the engine brake was pretty interesting. Um, I enjoyed that. Uh, I was surprised how long it took to trip plan and route plan every night. We did that trying to figure out our stops and making sure I was comfortable with the directions and kind of yeah. had in my mind um, the interstates and not just relying on GPS. So that was. Uh, that was time consuming. And I know talking with Mike previously, and as soon as he gets in here, we'll ask him some more questions about it. But um, I know Mike is a big planner and he's, he's talked about it before with us about just really planning out your, your day, your week and everything that's going on. So I'm sure that translated over to you in, in, in doing yeah. that. Yeah. But that helps me. I live that way too. I don't like to be surprised mm-hmm. by where I need to go. So so that was good. Mike's not in here, but uh, uh, his lane departure system warning in his truck works quite well. Um, that was, uh, and I'll tell you, and he was in here, I'd say the same thing. But um, one night I told my wife, if he tells me one more time to uh, stay in my lane, I'm going to scream. And I knew it wasn't, I knew I was the problem, not him. And I know one time he said it about the third day again, and he needed to. And I could feel my whole body stiffen up, and I'm like, okay, I'm done with that lane departure warning. <laughs> and I um, really focused on that. But just the uh, there's not such thing, no such thing as a straight road in Pennsylvania, as far as I know. Right, right. So, uh, so I, I I've, I've driven there there a few he times. That was <laughs> that was my weak point. Um, yeah, and then living in the truck the first night, um, I slept terrible. Uh-huh. After that, I was basically too tired to too care. Too tired to not, yeah. not sleep. Yeah. So that was that was the deal. Did you take your own pillow then? I mean, yeah. yeah own pillow, everything blanket. And, yeah. yeah. Good. Yep. And uh, lane changing. I do not like changing lanes. I had uh, had an incident there where there was a, a young lady in a Honda Civic merging in and uh, and Mike commented that he don't think she even seen us. And here we are, 13 feet, six inches tall right next to her but uh i had to think a honda civic is probably nine feet by seven feet as far as a footprint 63 feet we're 70 by nine 630 we got 10 times more footprint than her i'd say it's 10 times harder to change a lane uh-huh. in our truck than a honda civic so that was just some things i'm thinking about in my in my math mind and changing lanes he's got three mirrors on each side of that truck so you essentially checking six mirrors all the time makes you dizzy so Head on the swivel, head on the swivel, head on the swivel. I should have counted how many times Mike told me. I know that's a, <laughs> that, that Mike says that a lot. I've heard it from him yeah. plenty of times. Yeah. But uh, did you ever get to honk the horn for anybody? Um, Not really. We tested it one time, and then I honked at Jake Tackett is on my way in just because I hadn't <laughs> got to yet. Um, one one kid uh, stick their helmet at the window, but I think at that point, I was too late. Or I think Mike might have been driving a couple hours there. So I never got to honk at anyone. Man. It's a pity. That's unfortunate. But, well, hey, let's take a quick break here. Let's see if we can find Mike and get him pulled yeah. in here. And uh, we'll uh, we'll get going again. Sure. 
Mike, we found you. You're here. You made it back. It's been a crazy afternoon here. And uh, I know you're going to have to get going again here. Uh, sounds like to, Lindsay just grabbed you to yeah, I head, guess head up to, to another one. So Yeah, I guess I have to figure out how to drive that truck, you know. And, <laughs> you know, when you had a great trainee, you know, and learn some things from him, learn some things, you know. And, uh, uh, but he did phenomenal. I mean, we took basically four weeks of training and crammed it into one. And handled everything you know there was even some stuff he's like hey will you let me do this you know and i was trying to be, you know, be more helpful but he'd just jump right in and i've got video of him sweeping out two different trailers you know so he was doing the full gamut and he was running roads that we don't even take trainees in their first four weeks to go do yeah so he was on some skinny roads and and tight turns and a lot of traffic so he was in both feet jumped in both feet that's awesome now I know he's signing the checks and all, but it doesn't have to be 100% glowing here. It's okay if you point out any of the uh, the low spots here. Well, I mean, there was only, you know, one thing that happened. I, you know, just, no, not one thing, but um, he really did great on everything. I mean, I didn't need a whole lot of instruction, I guess, repeated instruction, I guess would be the way to put it. Um, generally show him, you know, show him something one time and and he'd generally get it. And uh, uh says a lot about him for sure and, and, there's of us, you know, those of us like myself that went through CDL school had three weeks of driving training and backing every day. I mean, mm-hmm. we never touched docks or anything like that, but at least we backed the truck in and, and, you know, backed the truck around the yard and such. And, but we still had three weeks of driving in, you know, he did kind of a smattering of training before he went and did his driving. I think you said what, eight months ago was the last time he did any kind of a run. I think so. Roughly. Yeah. Yes. So eight months ago was the last time he did any kind of a run with another trainer and, you know, hasn't d- done it since. So he jumped in. The original plan was, this is how, basically how it goes for us. Typically, you know, plan it, plan it to death, Yep. have an option to change because it's going to change. So yep. it changed early Monday morning. I said, you know, be here at four 30. And you know, I think he was here right around that time. Two minutes late, two minutes late. No. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Um, As 40X taught here. you nothing. <laughs> yes. Uh, he got here and we, we got stuff ready to go. And uh, some kind of little snafu happened with my people net on Sunday mm-hmm. night when I was moving around, kind of cleaning up the truck. And uh, I was on, thought I was on off duty PC and uh, something happened where it went to drive. So I couldn't fix anything. No, nobody could fix anything for me. So he had to take off driving right away. The original plan was I was going to drive for two or three hours. Okay. To kind of just like I do with a regular trainee, I take them out and I drive the very first day. Yeah. The entire day to kind of look for, you know, show them expectations. This is what I, this is how I do this. This is how I look at my merge points. Um, going through those types of scenarios. Basically, he just jumped right in. He goes, okay. Jumped right over there, took off, hooked up the trailer and got out of here. So we made it from here to York, Pennsylvania. Uh, half an hour early, I think we made it. Yeah. So our scheduled time was nine o'clock. We got there at eight thirty. Nice. And uh, you know, honestly, the week couldn't have gone any better. I told him, I said, "This isn't the way it always goes. <laughs> uh, this is kind of an anomaly uh, with how everything just kind of worked out for us." Yeah. Well, I think I only sent one uh, one video to Rick, and that was that first couple hours. <laughs> yep, and uh, it's been circulating around. Uh, it's been seen. I I haven't seen this yet, so that's a pity. I'm going right. to, I'm going to have to talk to somebody about that. Right. I want to see it. Well, and I think, uh, you know, kind of, um, in his sleep, he's probably going to be hearing, uh, one sound and 
uh, other than my my droning voice, I guess, telling him what to do, uh, put your signal on that kind of stuff. Did he already share that? Uh, he he, he, he was he was telling us earlier about this uh, yeah. lane departure. So right. um, so this you know this is called a lane departure warning. And what basically what it is, if you drift to your left, it's going to come out of the left speaker. If you drift to the right, it's going to come out of the right speaker. Basically, it's just designed to keep you in your lane. Personally, it's a great coaching tool. Most drivers can't stand it. And I'll jokingly say it. I say it to everybody. I'll say it here, too. If you don't like it, stay in your lane. That's all you have to do. You know. But I think it's still a great coaching tool for anybody. And everybody gets drowsy a little bit. So it definitely wakes you right up. Yeah. So basically, this is the sound. This is recorded live in the truck. So here we go. Yeah. So we staged that one. The other 999 were not staged. <laughs> right. So, but you know, it's something that, you know, he was working on himself. He was kind of beating himself up about it. You know, why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep, you know, getting on my lane? And so we kind of worked on it together. Um, and then, we really didn't hit straight roads. You know, we had straight roads uh, Monday morning, and then we had straight roads this afternoon. In between that, we haven't had any straight roads. You know, just because of traveling. Did you already do the rundown of the states there? Or you get ready? No, to do we that? didn't. I didn't. But so I showed nine, go ahead. Nine states that we hit. If you count the six miles in West Virginia, whatever that is. Oh right, yeah, I forgot about West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah we did. so here's the rundown of the states we went through. So Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania, um, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and West Virginia. So that's the ones we did. And uh, I was also going to say one funny thing we had, our last deal with the shippers and consignees was at um, Lebanon there, Indiana. And I pulled in and I told Mike, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do less than five mistakes here. And I don't think I got away from the guard shack before I had two. I can't remember what they were, but I remember I, I blew it. I think maybe three total. So it ended up being, you know, quite good. And we, <laughs> we hadn't, you know, did a lot of moving around and, and, you know, of course I started out kind of walking in and, and dealing with the shippers and receivers and stuff like that. One, just cause it's just habit now. And pretty much he had to tell me, this is, you know, we only got one week to do this. So I'd like to be, I want to make the contact and sign the bills and all that kind of stuff. So we started doing that. You know, he basically just the last two places we went, I said, okay, here you go. And I just stayed in the truck. So I went in there. He told me to get the right paperwork. I said, yep, got it. I go in there, come out with the wrong paperwork. I told <laughs> I told the person there that I needed uh, trailer 6369, and I get back out in the truck, and it wasn't trailer 6369. So instead of a load to Missouri, it was a load to Texas. So we had to go back. I had to go back in and get the right paperwork. And uh, I forget the other two things, but, oh, man, I was on a roll in the first five minutes of that place. You tell them that right. normally you're in accounting? No. <laughs> 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 but uh, I was – one thing we seen that was pretty interesting was a Ohio State trooper um, cut across several lanes of traffic and double white lines on an exit ramp and right in front of us. So that was pretty interesting watching that trick. And um, hmm. so just the disrespect that you see yeah. out there for the truck. It wasn't just the state troopers. I mean, it was other vehicles, you know, yeah. cars, as you know, we call them four wheelers. Right. And well, then we there's also, yeah, some tons of that and semis, you know, doing the same kind of thing, you know, coming from two lanes over to make it to an exit. You know, it's just something you see every day, you know, and, and I think, I think all the way back, it surprised him all the way back that this kept on happening. And I said, this is every day, all day, you know, it's just the way it is. And that's why you have to just continually drive defensively, anticipate that, you know, just assume 
that they're going to come in front of you. Yeah. You know, keep your eyes on your head on a swivel. Keep looking in your mirrors. Watch people coming. If they're coming up alongside you, just assume that person is going to come in front of you sooner than you want them to. And the one way I, I figured out to make, uh, to help Mike be quiet and not coach me is to go slow. If I went slow in the turn, slow in the intersection, slow into this, that was way better. And it felt better too. In yeah. Curves, so, but it took me a couple of days, I would say, to figure out the right speeds for a lot of these things. I still didn't have it, you know, all the way down. So that, that was kind of an unnatural it seemed unnaturally slow at first. Too, Way is that right? unnaturally slow. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably right up through Friday, it still felt unnaturally yeah. slow. I'm kind yeah. of interested to see, you know, to hear from him how his drive is home in his pickup. Right. Compared, yeah. you know, because now you got to go talk, hop into your four, four right. wheel. Most of us talk about, you know, how we drive our personal vehicles like we drive our trucks. We take wide turns. Uh-huh. Uh, we're looking at the way stations. Do we need to go in? You know, that kind of thing. So. <laughs> That, you know, he's probably going to avoid the way stations on the way home, I'm guessing. But, yeah, uh, that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, one more thing. I, I do need to have some words with Doug Bradle on Monday. On Sunday before I left, I seen Doug, and he joked with me that he, I thought he was joking that he was going to give me a broker load to Massachusetts. Well, then uh, we um wrapping up our load on Tuesday, and we get a call from dispatch, and they say, you got a broker load to Massachusetts, right across the George Washington Bridge. So we changed the routing, so we didn't. That didn't happen. But so you didn't get to go across the GW. No, we missed that opportunity. Man, well, I kind of said too. I said if we're going to do it, I'm going to drive it because I've never driven it yet. I said you no, haven't done it yet. I Mike. am not going to cross it yet. We would have so. kind of had a tussle because I kind of wanted to drive. So, oh. but oh. I didn't know that I wanted to drive across that. Well, I think I might have won because right at the very beginning, the first day, you said, "Mike, you're the boss." <laughs> I don't know if I would have held up. I don't know if I would have held up until that day, but uh, right. I would have tried to play that card. That's right. So. And, and one thing Mike has on his visor, he has a little thing that um, his girlfriend gave him about um, a sea turtle and says just to be kind and gentle. And I had to think about that last night. Is uh, that's just how, as a trucker, I think you have to be out there because you're so misunderstood. And uh, it reminded me of the sea turtles are. They're big and they don't move very fast, but they're very kind and gentle. And um, so that really, uh, that really struck me. Mm. If we can do that, and I think of our of our vision, we we say that uh, you know we want everybody to be in a better place for having dealt with our company. And I think that even means interaction with our trucks on the road. So if we can show the other motors the respect, even when they don't respect us. And I even thought in the morning when I'd get up for the day, obviously praying for safety, but praying for them and trying to think of that when. Uh, some of them does something that I'm thinking that didn't make any sense. Um, so, and I think our drivers do a great job of that, but that kind and gentle kind of stuck with me that that's how we got to be because if we don't, we're going to hurt somebody. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. But again, lots of respect for what all of you do out there. I was very, uh, eyes were open, very impressed with what the drivers yeah, do. Yeah. And at the beginning of the episode here, Mike, Bill had lots of great things to say about you and, and, and your training ability and, and everything with him. But I want to ask you from a driver perspective here as a company driver, even what it's, what it kind of meant for you to have, you know, the CFO of the company say, I want to come out and experience this and then come out and actually do it. Well, we had talked about it quite a while back, Yeah, you know, that he was interested in doing it. You know, I it might've even been before you got your CDL, I think, or maybe after you got your CDL, but I know you talked to other trainers about doing it as well and other people about doing it. I think to me, and I hope the other drivers feel this way too. I think it lends a lot to bill for one. Um, 
Brent Nussbaum for, you know, saying, Hey, yeah, go ahead and supporting it, obviously. Um, to have someone for upper management for one to come out and want to see what we're dealing with, you know, and not only he just did not just ride along, he drove it mm-hmm. and he wanted to drive it. He wanted to do the backing. I think there's only one backing that I did. I think there was only just the one. Right. And that was more for, I was a service issue than. Uh, right. Anything. So, and that was, you know, <laughs> you're just trying to make up a little bit of time and this happened, the training stuff happens or the running out of time happens when we're doing just regular training anyway. Sure. Sure. Just because you want to take those take opportunities for those teachable moments. Yep. So, but no, it, it means a lot to me personally that a manager is going to come out and do that. And I know I'm going to open up a can of worms. It's going to get opened anyway. I think there's a lot of other people that should do it. It's been talked about. I know there's been grumblings about it. And I hope that other drivers will respect it as well, that they want to get out and see what's going on opened his eyes up to a lot of things. We discussed a lot of different things. And uh, I, I really just really hope people recognize that, that, you know, the management does care. You know, don't, it's not the us versus them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, it always happens. And I've, I'm sure I've probably made mention of it too. You know, hey, you've never driven before. And not that I've driven that long either, but I think I've learned a lot in the short amount yeah. of time that I've been here. But I think it's important for anybody to at least ride along. Um, I took Scott Herman with me one day, just happened to work out. Hey, Scott, you want to jump in with me? We went from here to Bartonville and back. He got a lot out of it, you know, for the position he's in, when he's helping, you know, helping us Mm -hmm. drivers learn and and do better at what we do and be safer. You know, I think it worked. Uh, I think it helped him a lot. Yeah. I think some of that cross training is definitely beneficial. I mean, even interdepartmentally here, uh, but then Mm -hmm. uh, for drivers to understand some of the positions that happen in the office here, which we right. get to do some of that already, you know, actively with the certified red program and everything. Um, but we had, I, I know I've talked with another driver previously and Bill, I think we've had some conversations about even being able to get into the truck as non-drivers a little bit more yeah. and, and experience some of that, even if it's just for like, you know, half a day or, or something, just to kind of experience some of that. Right. I think that, I think it's important that the drivers understand the big picture, you know, it's, you know, give me the assignment, tell me what I got to do, but understand what's going on in the back end here um, to fit, you know, I think Clark might've said this one time, he said, you know, trying to fit the puzzles, the pieces, puzzle, pieces of the puzzle together. It's a phenomenal job to do that. And now you got to do it with 430 drivers right, right now, trying to get everybody in different places, get freight moved around. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you got to go home at the end of the week or in two weeks or whatever it may yeah. be. So it's, I think you got to come in here. I just ask your driver manager if you can come in and do it. I mean, I hope, I hope that's a possibility. You know, at least if you've got 20 minutes, come sit with them, sit with a load planner. I, I did that one of my first few days here. I had some time to kill and they let me do it. And yeah. it really opened up my eyes. Yeah, I yeah. think that can usually be accommodated. Cause we talked, we had some great discussions. We got along well. And one of the things we discussed the one day especially was, you know, we're out there and we have all these pressures as drivers trying to get this load done and, and, within our clock and you got a 7 a.m. delivery on the one side and an 1815 on the back end and you know how do you fit this in we you call dispatch and they got all these things going on and and it's hard for us to disseminate everything we need to to them you know and so um yeah so it's all these pressures so you know as the drivers we need to we needed to realize try to see what they were going through and vice versa and so yeah, it was good. So we had one, basically, two driving days, and the other days had 
a lot of pickups and deliveries, but yeah, Thursday was our, uh, was our biggest driving day. So I wanted really a 600 mile day. We had the crew set at 60, but it was going to be tight on parking. So, uh, going to be really tight on parking. So we shut her down at 589 miles, which was sad. Um, <laughs> just I a, short. <laughs> I had just a few minutes left to drive time. And then, uh, yeah, so that was, that was a good day. Um, MPG, I think was 11.2, but, uh, we had basically nice. nothing but sailboat fuel. I think oh, 8,000 well. pounds in the box. So, but yeah, that's still good though. I mean, yeah. Oh, it's so, phenomenal. That's, yeah, that's still it's good. Machine. Phenomenal. It just, it lends to the habits. And, you yeah. know, and it's, it's coaching them along, you know, on different things, on different ways to save fuel, you know, coasting down a hill or using the tools that are built into the truck, the e-coast, the Jake brake, you know, all those kinds of things go to saving for fuel. And I think we can all use more training, not just certified red for the way, by the way, everybody, you should be doing certified red if you're not already doing it. <laughs> Shameless plug. Uh, I think it's kind of silly if you don't personally, uh, it's two cents more mile. It's a raise. It's money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, Mike, I know you got to get going. I do. Um, got a load to get to uh, next. So, you know, trucker's yeah. life is never over here, but I want to just wrap this up real quick, but, and, and kind of bring this all back together. You know, we mentioned, you know, going out there and doing this bill. I don't think you're, I, I think you wanted to prove something for yourself a little bit that you could do this, yeah. but, but I don't think the idea at all was for you to go out and say, well, I can do this too. Yeah. Let me tell yeah. you, I'm no truck driver and I can't do their job. Um, I'll make this real quick. So Mike was um, in the truck stop and I, he told me just to park the truck. I mean, seriously, how hard can that be? And I got myself in a jam over there at Lebanon at the uh, Flying J. <laughs> I got out of it, but uh, my uh, three minutes without him with me was, uh, yeah, proved to myself I'm not ready to roll. So thanks a ton, but Mike. Here's your $20. <laughs> Mike, thanks so much for uh, yeah. taking Bill. And Bill, thanks so much uh, for your leadership and going out and experiencing that and bringing back this story with us. Wish we had a little bit more time with the, both of you here, but uh, really appreciate your experience there and sharing that with us. Thanks for the opportunity to share it back. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hey there. Uh, Bill caught me after the we, we finished recording here and uh, said that he did forget to mention something. And uh, so just, these are his words. But uh, he mentioned how glad he was that the stingy CFO agreed to reimburse drivers for parking. Uh, in case you lost it there, Bill is that stingy CFO. Uh, he told me that they reserved and paid for spots two of the nights that they were out. And if they hadn't done that, they would have likely shut down early those days and lost out on you know, productivity. So yeah, he was pretty happy about that. So take advantage of that uh, paid parking uh, that's out there and uh, keep up your productivity. Thanks. You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. Nussbaum is an industry leader in over-the-road freight transportation. For more information on Nussbaum's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to Nussbaum.com or NussbaumJobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, TerminalExchange.org.